You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and profit. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Hala Taha, and on Young and Profiting Podcast, we investigate a new topic each week and interview some of the brightest minds in the world. My goal is to turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your everyday life, no matter your age, profession, or industry. There's no fluff on this podcast, and that's on purpose. I'm here to uncover value from my guests by doing the proper research and asking the right questions. If you're new to the show, we've chatted with the likes of ex-FBI agents, real estate moguls, self-made billionaires, CEOs, and best-selling authors. Our subject matter ranges from enhancing productivity, how to gain influence, the art of entrepreneurship, and more. If you're smart and like to continually improve yourself, hit the subscribe button because you'll love it here at Young and Profiting Podcast. This week on Yap, we're chatting with Tim Story, acclaimed author, speaker, and life coach. Tim Story is known as the comeback coach, and he's an absolute legend when it comes to helping people overcome setbacks and take their careers to the next level. He has inspired millions of people from all walks of life, from celebrities, artists, and professional athletes to executives, world leaders, and children in third world countries. He has been featured on Oprah, Steve Harvey, and numerous other television shows. This episode is exceptionally motivating and you do not want to miss it. It might be one of my favorite conversations of 2020. Well, no, I'm positive this was my favorite conversation of 2020. And so I'm really happy to have ended off this year with such a wonderful conversation. Tune in to learn about Tim's beginnings in Compton, how he became a great communicator, and to learn two of his main principles, the law of harvest and the miracle mindset. We'll also then uncover how to find true direction in your life, and we'll get his recipe for overcoming difficult setbacks, especially in the era of COVID-19. Hi, Tim. Welcome to Young and Profiting Podcast. What a privilege to be on your show today. I am so excited to talk to you. You have so much going on. So you are an extremely successful minister, life coach, author, and speaker. You're known as the comeback coach. You've worked with a multitude of celebrities, including Robert Downey Jr., Quincy Jones, Kanye West, just to name a few. You've inspired millions of people. You've traveled to over 75 countries, and you were also featured on Oprah's Soul Sunday. And now you've even dabbled into movie and Broadway production. So you do a whole lot of things. So for my listeners who may not be familiar with you, Tim's story, what is the red thread between all of these activities? Like what is your true calling and your purpose in life? And what connects the dots between all of these activities? I love that question. So the, the idea of the thread that connects is I am a humanitarian. I love the underdog because I was the underdog. I'm drawn to the person that has a setback, doesn't know how to have a comeback. So even since I was a little kid, I love the underdog. So you see that all the way across everything I do. Though that's amazing. And speaking of you wanting to be a humanitarian, from my understanding, when you were 18 years old, you got very influenced by Mother Teresa, right? And so for my listeners who don't know you, you grew up in Compton, you were 18 years old, you were extremely athletic, 
not the typical thing for an athletic, you know, young man to want to go do to to want to go to, you know, seminary school, become a priest or whatever you were aiming to do and become a humanitarian. So what was it about Mother Teresa that you just got so inspired to change the whole direction of your life? So it happened my senior year of high school. There was a, a young lady that I really respected and we're still great friends to this day. And she was reading this book about the life of Mother Teresa. And um, I noticed her on campus. She'd be reading it. And I saw the cover. So I asked her, you know, what is it about? So she explained. And she goes, you should read it. She goes, this is kind of like how you are. So that's an awesome thing about life. You know, sometimes it's observation and conversations that can change your direction. Because my direction was I wanted to go to USC and I wanted to be a communications major and be in entertainment. And so I read this book and I got so touched on how one lady who was a nun helped all these orphans and then helped tens of thousands of orphans throughout her lifetime. So I decided after really thinking about it, meditating on it, decided to go to seminary and my life just continued to change. That's amazing. And so now you're really well known for for being like a huge motivational speaker. And at the time when you went to seminary school, did you know that you were a good communicator or did you kind of like fall into that? How did that happen? I knew I was just a young person with an idea. (laughs) (laughs) And I I love to, to talk about this because I think sometimes in life we decide and sometimes we discover. So I wish I could just say that I sat back and I just decided that I would be well-known. No, I just kind of like kept discovering things. So when I was in seminary, a friend of mine said, hey, Tim, I'm supposed to be teaching at this ROTC class on the Bible. and It's a group of about 30 men. I can't do it tonight. Can you do it? Me a favor and do it. I go, no, 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 I'm not a talker. It's a true story. I'm not a talker. And so he goes, he goes Tim, I really need you to do it. So I, I did him a favor and I did it. And I had these guys laughing so hard. And I didn't know that I had that charisma on stage and that I had the ability to make people laugh. And so they said, you know, we love the other guy, but can we get you next week as well? And that's how it started. Wow, that's amazing. And so I assume it was lots of hard work and practice and experience. And one of the most interesting things that I've heard you say, and, and something that really spoke to me because I think it's it's like everything that I believe in, it's this concept of the law of the harvest. And you quote the proverb, 1211, he who works land shall have abundance. Whoever chases fantasies lacks wisdom. And so I think a lot of millennials need to hear this. People think like, oh, I have a dream. That means it's going to happen. But really dreams require a lot of hard work. And to accomplish your goals, you need to really put in the legwork. And so we live in a world where everything looks like an overnight success. You look on social media, you think, oh, they just fell into it. And that could be me. Um, And everybody wants to get rich quick. So talk to us about the law of harvest, because I think this is so profound. I love it. Thank you. I I love young people's energy. And I'm surrounded by young people who work with me on projects, like from 17, 18 on, because I love their creative energy. But I think this is one thing that draws them to me. We have people from all over the world trying to come to us in LA to do an internship with us because they, they love my discipline. And the whole idea is dreaming is easy. 
But to do the dream is a whole different thing. Walt Disney walked into an amusement park in the 30s, and he said, one day, I want to build my own amusement park, but mine's going to be different, better, and more magical. Well, the thing about Walt Disney that I love is that as I begin to study him, his work ethic was at the next level. So he really practiced these principles of the law of the harvest that you described, which is if you want to harvest, if you want to create Disneyland, as he did in the 60s, after he saw the vision of it, you first have to plow the ground, then you have to plant the right seed, then you have to water the seeds, that's every single day you're hustling, and then you're going to reap a harvest. But then the proverb says, if you chase fantasies, then you lack wisdom. And you're right, we have a lot of people, even my age, that are still chasing fantasies to this day, but you got to plow, you got to plant, you got to water, and then payday's on its way. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I was thinking about this, I also heard you talking about something called the miracle mindset. And you always talk about how having the right mindset is necessary. And it made me think that like in this whole analogy in terms of a farm, like the sun is kind of like your mindset at the, at the end of the day. You can't do everything when you're in the dark, right? And so you also need the light. So tell us about what is a miracle mindset? What kind of a perspective do we need to have in order to be, you know, as productive as possible and, and move towards our goals? So the mindset is, is so, so important because, you know, it's, it's not just to rhyme, but truly the mindset will create a mood set. So if you tell a little kid that he's going to do something exciting the next day, you've now put something in his mind and it's created a mindset. His mind is set on something. And so the mindset creates the mood set. Oh my gosh, now I'm happy. I get to do this thing tomorrow. So what I've become a master at is creating my own mindset. Because when we were kids in Compton, California, we had seven people in a two-bedroom apartment, which is very, very crowded. <laughs> And then we had seven people in a Volkswagen bug, which is called illegal. You're not supposed <laughs> to have that man. <laughs> so I created my own mindset through the, through the realm of imagination. So I started seeing things on TV, predominantly Disney things that we would see. They would come on on Sunday nights and my older sisters would watch and my mind just started taking off. So my mindset became beyond. I was thinking beyond, dreaming beyond. So my mindset changed my mood set that even though I was in cramped and crowded places, my sisters used to say, this guy, he walks like he's a king. <laughs> but we were poor. But it was my mindset. Yeah. And so for those people who are struggling to have this strong mindset, if they if they find them ha having themselves negative thoughts all the time and, and they just can't get out of it, like what's your advice there? So I'm going to be good at this question because I've just spent three years writing a book, as you know, called The Miracle Mentality that comes out March 1st with HarperCollins. So literally three years I've been writing with an amazing editor like Holy schmoly, this guy's so good. Teaches at Princeton. But here's what happens. 
In my travels, I found out that people usually live in these categories, what I call the messy, disheveled, the mundane, which is like the regular, the status quo, or they many times lived in the madness. So they lived in the messy where their life was just disheveled, okay? Or some lived in the mundane where it's just mundane day after day after day after day with no break. And then some lived in the madness. And I found that if you are constantly in the messy and the madness, it's hard to make room for the magic. You got to make room for magic. And so I teach people in my seminars, don't sprinkle magic on your messy. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going with my girls. We're going to Vegas. But you're like all living a messy life, but you're going to sprinkle like a magical weekend. I mean, that's great because you need to rest and live. But we got to deal with your mess to make some permanent room for magic. And that's where I'm good. Yeah. Wow. I can't wait till that book comes out. We're going to have to have you back on here, Tim. (laughs) So let's go back to working the land because I think this is like I don't know why it really touched me because I just feel like it's so true. Like you just need to work at what's actually in front of you in the moment. And I heard you on an interview with Grant Cardone and you were talking about the importance of living in the moment. So how does living in the moment relate to working your land? So when I was a kid at 15 and a half, I got my first job as a dishwasher. And I remember the cook used to make fun of me because he would say, Timmy, why are you washing these dishes like you own the place? And I remember I was just so happy about having this job. So I was just hustling. I was plowing. I was planting good seed. I was watering. And I would show up early every single day, just plowing, planting, watering. So the the owner, Mr. Anderson, saw this. And he said, Timmy, I want to put you from dishwasher to busboy. And so that was like a big deal. And I'll, I'll never forget that as a busboy, I was hustling, doing the same thing. I was plowing, I was planting, I was plowing, I was planting, I was watering, I was plowing, planting, watering. And then different owners of restaurants would come into this nice restaurant I was working at and they would try to hire me. So I said to Mr. Anderson, now, you know, these friends of yours are trying to give me jobs. He goes, no, I, I know. He goes, Tim, cause you're a hustler. He goes, I can't believe your mindset and you're so happy about it. I said, but I'm loyal to you. So he, he kept that loyalty and kept me there till I was 17. And then I went and worked at a really good restaurant called Jimmy's that a lot of people wanted to work at. But it was that plowing, that planting, that watering. But I was in the moment. I was fully present, fully feeling, fully alive. When I was a dishwasher, bam, I was there. Busboy, bam, I was there. Waiter, bam, I was there. So I think it's important mostly for young people to be in the moment, fully present, fully feeling, fully alive. Don't just do it to get you there. Just do it and excel where you are. Yeah. And also don't worry about where you're going to go next, right? So like, for example, when I was younger and I was in my internships, I just focused on my internship. I didn't worry about like, oh, am I going to get the job? Or, oh, I wish I was an employee already. It, it doesn't matter. You've got to focus at the task at hand and where you are at hand and and feel confident and happy that you're there, right? No, I like what you're saying there. And let's just stop there for a moment, if you don't mind, because I think that you have really figured this out. Because if you plow the ground, plant the seed, 
water the seed, you're going to get a harvest. And what I have found is that people came looking for me. I don't go like knock on everybody's door to get in places. You know, people always say like, how did you get in with Oprah? I mean, like she's one of my great friends. How did you get in with Steve Harvey and do a 20 city tour? How did you get in with him or her or bam or boom or boom or bam? I never looked for one person. I was, I was working my land. I was just loving people, coaching people, helping people, being a humanitarian. And these people look for me. Yeah, I totally relate. I always talk about this on my podcast, just having like good, pure intentions and just focus and dedication just can bring so much opportunity. I can relate with my podcast. I started this podcast two years ago and then I turned it into a podcast marketing agency. And literally I haven't pitched one client. It's all come from referrals or people who've come on my show. They're just so impressed and they just want to work with me. And so I can definitely relate to that because I don't even have a website for my business and and we're doing so well. And it's all just because of the hard work and proof that I've like put out in the world. It's like the actual proof that's out there. 100%. And so even like our team, when we were talking about me being on this podcast, uh, one of my main people kept saying, you're going to love her. She's a big deal. And I noticed that he doesn't say that about everybody. And some of them are really like big podcasts or radio oh, shows, whatever. Thank you. But he kept calling you a big deal. And the reality is to get people that are doing well to come on and want to dialogue with you, that's because there's a connection that we we feel a kindred heart with you of a person that is paid the price and you continue to pay the price. You're plowing, you're planting, you're watering. But let me tell you something about payday. Payday, man, when it comes, some of you young people, listen, it can get so good, it can be weird. That's the great thing about my life is I get to be behind the scenes. I've talked to Justin Timberlake before he made it, to talk to people like Jessica Simpson, when she was 16, when she'd come to Tim's story meetings and say, I have a dream. Well, we didn't know she was going to run a company worth about $400 million. So I love it that I get to be behind the scenes before somebody blows up. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, there's so much to talk about. Let's talk about plowing the wrong land. Is it possible to work the wrong land? And how do you know when you're working the wrong land? Okay, so people say, Tim's story, how do I find direction in my life? You got to stop. You got to look. You got to listen. So people say, well, follow your heart. But we got to make sure your heart is purified. (laughs) So if if you have the wrong things in your heart, let's not follow your heart. Then take you to the wrong places. But if your intentions are correct, I like that word you used earlier, and your heart has the right motives, right? Then when you stop, you can look within and your heart is trying to talk to you. Why? Because your dream has a voice. So powerful. Your dream has a voice. And there's times that you're going to date somebody, some of you guys that are watching, and your heart is telling you, no, (laughs) but you do it anyway. So in those cases, you need to follow your heart. And so I feel that you can plow in the wrong areas 
And if you feel like you've started to do that, whether it's a major you've started in college or jobs once you got out or a relationship you've been in for a long time, it's not working. You need to stop again, look again and listen again. Hmm. Yeah. And just one more question on this. Like, what about my listeners are young, right? And so a lot of the times when you're growing up, it's your outside influences telling you what you need to be doing with your life. Like, for example, my dad was a doctor. He actually didn't pressure me to be a doctor, but my siblings felt very pressured to be doctors, right? And my sister specifically, like, wanted to be an interior designer and always thinks, like, always kind of, like, looks at, like, oh, if it wasn't for mom and dad, I would have been an interior designer. But now I'm a doctor, which is amazing, but she complains, right? And so, like, what about like when you're getting all this pressure, like what do you suggest? How do you, how do you kind of like own that and take control of your life? Yeah. So number one, I think the kind of pressure you were getting is almost good pressure. Cause like your dad, like set the bar high. And so I don't really like blame certain parents to go like, you know, I created this empire and go here. Or I created this and go here. Cause I started off, mentoring and tutoring and life coaching famous people's kids, like the most famous celebrities you can imagine, their kids. I started mentoring them when they were like young kids, okay? And then I saw them grow up and do big things, a lot of them. And so many times if the the dad or mom did great in a certain position, they would want the child to go there because they had paved the way. But I believe this, that, that you could be the right person with the right plan, but you need the right partners. You need the right partners who are not just trying to take you how they see life from their vantage point, their point of view, their mindset, but they're willing to listen to your heart and your calling. Because I think the calling calls you. So, I mean, I see you right now, you are like right in the middle of your calling. Oh, thank you. Right now, you're just like flying. You're like, zoom, this is me, right? (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I I really feel that way. So I'm glad that you did not become a doctor. I'm glad that you are doing this. You're going to be a writer. You're a speaker. You're a humanitarian. You're a global leader. That's what I see in your future. So I'm glad you're that because we need you to be that. (laughs) Thank you, Tim. So let's take it back to your childhood. You're known as the comeback coach, right? And I think one of your first big comebacks happened when you were very young. And it's, I hate, we're so positive. I hate to bring it there, but I think it's a lesson for, for the listeners, right? And so when you were 10 years old, you lost your father, you lost your sister shortly after that. And uh, it turns out your siblings dealt with this loss a lot differently than you did. So tell us about how your siblings dealt with it and how you dealt with it and why you think you were able to kind of deal with it in a more positive way. So I think it's something that happens to all of us and not the same way, but it's something that I've been talking about for 20 years called life interruptions, where an interruption is when you're disturbed, somebody knocks at your door of life and interrupts you with many things that we would have never ordered from life's menu. It could be asthma. I've seen people with lupus or Lyme disease or just something bad happens in your childhood. For me, you know, my father went to go get my mother food. And so he was just going through a green light. And it was at nighttime in January. And bless this guy's heart, he 
ran a red light, hit my father, and my father died. So the thing that was challenging is my father was the one that had really good energy in the family. My mother was stronger. Uh, my mother is Latin. Everything is like the way she does life, not all Latins because I'm part Latin. But the way she does life, it was, it was more like just strong-willed. So we needed the energy of my father. When that was taken, it was like it was sucked out, okay? And so that life interruption was something that my siblings did not know what to do with. So most of them just got up and ran. They ran to like friends' homes or ran to a boyfriend because they're, they're much older than me. My brother, he ran to his friends. So a lot of times it was just me and my mother who worked at a donut shop who were in this house together. And it was really a sad situation. But what I did is I, I used my imagination again. Remember the power of the imagination? And I began to imagine things. And this is a real story. I told my mother when I was 12, I said, mom, do not worry. I said, when I am in my mid twenties, this is so strange that I said that you will never worry about money again. And that's exactly what happened. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And so you talk about comebacks, you know, all over the world. It's one of your main speaking topics. What is your formula for getting out of a setback? So when you're in a setback, the first thing you have to do is you have to become awake. When you're in a setback, you want to many times pull the blinds, pull the covers over your head and just hope it's just gone. But number one, you have to become awake. Secondly, you have to take inventory. So you got to think like, you know, now that she left or now that he left or now that they left, what am I going to do? What do I have left here? So you become awake. Secondly, you take inventory. The third thing you need to do is do what they're doing right now. They need to partner with power. Listen to people that have answers. Listen to people who know what it's like to go through things that are similar as far as some sort of a setback. So you have to partner with power. Then the next thing you do, number four, is you have to find the right principles. Because I believe it's principles that get you through the problems. It's not hype. It's not just positive energy. It's not just mindset. But the right principles can get you through any problem. Okay? So you become awake, you take inventory, partner with the right people, get the right principles, and then what do you do next? You proceed. (laughs) You go forward. I am all about going forward. Oprah loves this quote, and she said to me, she goes, Tim, I love this one when you talk about a comeback is not a go-back. Because a lot of people, when they have a setback, they think, I got to go back and fix it all. But a comeback is not a go back. So when you've done all those steps that I said, let's go forward, let's proceed. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior-level decision-makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision-makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey. 
to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They are in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You want to get them in the right mindset. You want to cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who wanna try LinkedIn ads. You can get $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you wanna make B2B marketing everything it can be and get $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you wanna claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Young and profiters, are you dreaming about starting a course? Do you wanna go from one to one to one to many and scale yourself? If you're thinking about starting a course, then you need to hear about Kajabi. Kajabi is the OG of course platforms. I've got creators in my network like Jenna Kutcher and Amy Porterfield who have been using Kajabi for over a decade. These ladies know what they're doing. They are literally the course queens. And so I took a page from their playbook and I started using Kajabi. I've been playing around with it because I'm launching a podcast course next month and I need a lot of features that only a course platform would have like Kajabi. And they've thought of it all. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. One of the smartest things that I did when I launched my course is I focused on the content. I lasered in on that. I made sure people were getting the best investment they could, that I wouldn't get any refunds, that people would tell their friends, and my course would be successful by word of mouth. And I did that by focusing on my content, what I was good at, and not all the tech. Leave the tech stuff for your course to Kajabi. They are experts in that area and they've thought of everything that you would ever need for your course. So if you wanna start your course, now is your chance. As you guys may know, I always ask my sponsors for a free trial for any software that we talk about on the show. And Kajabi was super generous. They gave us a free 30-day trial that you can get at kajabi.com profiting. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash profiting. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash profiting. Go to kajabi.com slash profiting and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. This episode of Yap is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is a podcast hosting platform with all the features you need to start a podcast, promote your podcast, and monetize your podcast. Podbean has been my podcast hosting provider since I started Young and Profiting Podcast. I actually got approached to switch my hosting provider and I even got offered money to do so, but I won't be switching because I truly enjoy their analytics features. I am a nerd and I also like the simplicity of their UI and the security and reliability of Podbean. I honestly wouldn't feel safe putting my podcast in anyone else's hands, and it's been 2.5 years on Podbean without a hitch or a glitch, and so it's no wonder that over 520,000 podcasters trust them as well. 
Podbean podcast hosting distributes your podcast to all major destinations. And like I mentioned, it's really their analytics features that are truly unmatched. I own a podcast marketing agency, and so I'm familiar with all the other big platforms. No other platform from what I've seen lets you drill down like Podbean does. I can compare episode performance. I can see the download source breakdown to understand where my audience is listening from. I can see what day and times they're listening. And I can even check out where they're listening from and not only by country, but also by the US state they're listening from as well. Podbean provides a full array of podcast monetization tools. You can monetize using Podbean's built-in dynamic advertising system or Patreon program. And you can also create a fully customizable website using their platform as well. And I'm pleasantly surprised to always hear listeners telling me that they found me from that website. I bet there's so many of you out there thinking about starting a podcast for the new year. You guys have a new year's resolution to start a podcast. If you're serious, why don't you make the commitment real and head over to podbean.com slash yap to give Podbean a shot and get one month of free hosting. It's just $9 a month for professional and secure hosting. And if you're a current podcaster who's outgrown your free and basic hosting provider, I suggest you upgrade and head over to podbean.com slash yap for one month of free hosting. I'll stick the link in my show notes. Happy podcasting. I think that's such great advice. And so it's a very uncertain world, right? We're, we're living in COVID. A lot of people are dealing with so many setbacks at once, like divorce, sickness, financial issues. It's like every setback that you can think of, some people are impacted. I, my whole family got COVID and my father passed away back in May and it was so tough. I'm lucky that you know, there's a lot of great things going for me. I was able to kind of, you know, use that death as motivation and everything that my father accomplished as motivation to keep me going in my life. But I don't think a lot of people are as as strong or has had such a lucky structure in their life, right? So what about the people who are so directly impacted by COVID, whether they've lost their job, whether they got sick, whether somebody died or maybe all of the above? Okay, so first of all, let me just say this that it's so amazing that you have this positive outlook on life when your father just passed just literally months ago. So, um, and I love the way you're honoring him as a great man that I believe that you say that he is. And so I am sorry for your loss. I mean that with all my heart. And I think that the fact that you have decided to have the right mindset of, you know, that life is not always black. It's not always white. Sometimes it's gray. Sometimes life is gray. And we don't really understand things. And um, so let's just take it there for a minute because I feel like there's a lot of people you guys are going through, as she said, multiple things at once. And as she said, it could be your health. It could be your job, your finances, your relationships, whatever it is. But the, the best way to deal with that is one room at a time. So if I'm coaching somebody and they have a five-room life and it seems like there's a mess in every room, how do you clean up a messy house that has five messy rooms? One room at a time. One room at a time. So we need to breathe life into the first room. And you get it correct. And then it gives you faith to go breathe life into the second room. And then it becomes more correct. And then you breathe life into the third room. 
Yes. I love that. Thank you. Um, so, so you've been known to be a comeback coach for celebrities, right? Everybody knows that about you. They see you with Oprah and Kanye and all these big stars. But it turns out that you've also helped a lot of people who are just regular people, people who wanted to be stars, who became, you know, homeless and prostitutes in LA and things like that. So do you have any memorable stories that really stick out to you in terms of somebody that you helped that isn't necessarily a celebrity or they could be a celebrity, whatever whatever really just like sticks out to you right now in the moment? You know, the... The skills, the tools, and the attitude are the thing that's going to take you from almost to utmost living. So my skills and my tools, they lie in the place of I'm a master locksmith. If somebody has a problem, ooh, I'm good. Like, what key is it going to be? You know, I can watch somebody on TMZ, and I'll tell one of my assistants, watch. Within a week, their people are going to reach out to me, and then I'm right. (laughs) <laughs> like all, all day long, all the time, because I am a really good locksmith, but I never tried to be the locksmith to the stars, the comeback coach to the stars. That's no, I love people. So I work with ARC, which was started by my good friend, Robert Downey in prison reform. I'm on the board. And then I work with Carrie Kasem, Kasem Cares, the famous Casey Kasem. It's for elder abuse. I do a lot of work in the area of mental health and addiction and also work with the, with the homeless because I love people. So one of my favorite stories, real quick, is I was going into, I'll give them a shout out because maybe they'll be a sponsor someday, 7-Eleven. I was going into 7-Eleven and I saw a real sharp looking black young man who I later found out was 23 years of age, but very together. And He was asking for money. He was begging, but he did not look like a guy that would be begging for money. So I asked him how long he'd been out here. And he said, well, for two weeks. And I said, I said, you don't seem like a guy that would be doing this. And he said, well, I came here to be an actor and a lot of bad things happened, but can I just have some money? I said, well, I'm going to give you a lot of money. And then he said, how much? It was so funny. And I said, then I, I gave him the amount. And so it was a lot. And his eyes got open. I said, but now you got to hear my speech. I said, okay, so why are you out here? And he told me that he uh, had problems with uh, being schizophrenic and had somebody had stolen his stuff, like his backpack. And in there was his medication. So he didn't know where he was. And I said, are you hearing voices? And he said, yes. I said, don't put yourself down. I said, this is what I do for a living. We're going to get it. You're going to be okay. It's not your fault that you're not taking your medicine. So I said, what's your mother's phone number? And this is so powerful. And he goes, I don't know. I said, but what state are you from? So he tells me the state. And I'm really good with like with area codes. So I go like this. Okay, I'm going to call your mom. True story. So I get my, my phone. I hold it up. And I go, okay, area code is. And I went, bam, bam, bam. I was right in the first three because I know that state. And there's uh, now that I studied it, there's a few area codes in that city that have changed through the years. But I was right on the on the on the one. So I, I said, boom, boom, boom. And then out of nowhere, he goes, bam, 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 bam. It gives me the rest of the number. True story. So I call this number. A lady answers the phone. She says, hello. 
I said, miss, I said, this is Tim's story. This is the God's honest truth. I said this in front of Oprah Winfrey when I spoke for her at UCLA for Super Soul Sessions with Deepak Chopra watching me, Brene Brown, and everybody else. The lady said, Tim Story, the minister? I said, yes. I mean, think about how big the world is. It's almost 8 billion people. I looked again four days ago. It's almost 8 billion people. For her to say that, and I go, yes. And she goes, well, what happened? I said, I have your son. And she just starts weeping. She says, we thought we had lost him. We thought he was dead. I said, no, he's right here with me. This is one of my favorite stories ever because he was lost. She was lost because he was lost. And it took somebody that was awake and that had been through his own pain to say, hey, I got, I got this. So we ended up bringing him into a facility that I was connected to, getting him on the right track, getting him a doctor. A family member came a few days later, about three days later, and I wanted him to stay two days longer in this facility. We put the family member up in a hotel till he was ready to travel, changed their life forever. That's amazing. And I feel like you must have like felt that he was special or that, or maybe you feel that about everyone, that everybody can be I kind of like... Was, I felt it was somebody's son. So some man's son or some woman's son. And that's how I see people. Like there's a guy close to my house that's homeless and he walks around. He gets mad at me. And I pull over next to him. I did it again like three days ago. And then I give him money. And then I have my talk. And he goes, when are you going to get off my back? I'm not going in the shelter. I go, this, I didn't even say anything about a shelter. I was just telling you how nice the weather is. But why do I keep pulling over? Because that's somebody's son. Or if I'm helping somebody, a lady, it's somebody's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. You're such a it's good a human guy. Being. Yeah. So you work with all of these celebrities and regular people. And when it comes to celebrities specifically, it goes to show that, you know, you could have all this money, all this fame, and you could still be not happy with your life and just a mess, like messy, as you were talking about having a messy life. So you could still be so successful on paper, look great. You're rich, you're successful. You've got a beautiful wife, car, whatever it is. And then you're still unhappy. So you've seen it all. What do you think is really the secret of a happy and peaceful life then? I think it's um, a great buildup and then great question. I think it's this idea of being true to yourself and truly being authentic. And, you know, that word is almost overused nowadays, but authenticity is really a powerful thing. And I think what happens is a lot of these creatives that I'm around, which would be people that they would know, they, they started their craft many times with the right motives because they wanted to create, whether it was music or film or whatever they do, fashion, whatever they do, models. But then they got caught up in stuff, the system and being a celebrity. But here's what I teach a lot of young kids in schools, because I go speak at these schools for free and they get excited because I know all these people. And I say that, you know, 
a lot of people want to be celebrities. I said, but you are a celebrity. A celebrity means to be celebrated. And you just have to find the right people that are celebrating you. And so when you learn to celebrate yourself and realize that there are some good people that celebrate you, then you won't have such a hunger and a thirst for that other stuff. So I think it's the key is to be authentic, to be yourself, and to be really great at your craft. I love that. I agree. Um, so I'm going to take a tangent here. 2020 has been a crazy year, especially for Black people in America. Racism is totally alive and well. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, then we lost Chadwick Boseman. There's so many like downfalls that Black people had to deal with this year. And I have a lot of colleagues who I work with and they keep telling me like, it's just been such a bad year. Like it's just one thing after the next. So you're a black man, you're, you're mixed and you know, you're in this different realm than most black people, right? You're in this celebrity realm. You hang out with Oprah and Kanye and, and these types of people seem like they don't get discriminated against. Right. And so I'm curious to know, like, have you been ever discriminated against in recent, like, since you've gotten so known in your field, have you still faced discrimination in some way? Or do you feel that because of your, your stature right now in life that, that you kind of don't see it or feel it like everyone else? No, we, we definitely feel it. I'm working on a project and it has to do with conversations with black celebrities that still get pulled over all the time. <laughs> so like when, when you drive a really nice car and you're in a nice area, as a black man, I still get pulled over. That's just the way it is. Or living in Beverly Hills forever and very nice houses, people wondering like, how did you get this house kind of deal. Um, so the discrimination so negative and so prejudiced in life are really wanting to change. I, I have some really good friends that say, you know, Tim, to be honest with you, I realize that I am a little bit racist. And, you know, for them to be that honest and even apologize at times. But on the other side, then as a black man, I need to look at the fact to make sure that I'm not being prejudiced against people, whether they live in this region or talk this way or live this lifestyle. So I think that this is a real check yourself before you wreck yourself moment for all of us. Because, you know, even you being raised in privilege, you've had people come against you for being privileged. So we all get some form of prejudice against us. So this is a real learning moment for us. And But I will say that I am proud of people. Not everyone has stepped forward in this, but I'm proud of so many people that have decided to learn, get better, get up, and, and let's move forward. Yeah. I think a lot of people woke up all different races and, and you know, we're trying our best to move this country in the right direction. At least a lot of us are, so... I'll tell you a quick, cool story is that John Lennon, he wrote this song, All We Need Is Love. And I was, I was hearing about this just three days ago that he wanted it to be just those words and then for it to just keep looping. 
And because he wanted people all over the world to sing that song, All We Need Is Love, over and over and over again. And that's exactly what happened. That it, it, it really went viral before like viral was famous. And people from countries that could not even speak English, you know, that was not the first language, were singing All We Need Is Love. And such a powerful thing is that when we begin to have love for each other and compassion, it's a real healer. Yeah. I mean, I'm Arabic. And so when I was in middle school and high school, that was right when 9-11 happened. And I remember I felt, I, I honestly felt like a decade was taken away from my life because I just felt like I just stopped getting opportunities. And I, I think things have gotten a lot better, but I just hope that like for a black community out there that like things just really start to get better for them. But can I say this, but also for, for your community, I feel the same because I have, I have friends that are coming from all parts of the world. You know, if I've been to 75 countries, I've got friends in a lot of countries that are my real friends and different religions, et cetera. So I think that the, the fair place to go is that most of us have had it. And most not towards what happened on the street when the policeman took his life. But, but so many at a, even a, a lesser place is not something that we should tolerate, but we can rise up and use the tool of compassion and love. And I see young people, a lot of young people stepping into that. Young and profiters, I'm about to be jet-setting all over the world. I'm going to London, Cancun, New Orleans, and New York to speak. I'm going to be up there with the bright lights, and I want to be spiffy. I want to look fresh. And so I'm going on a big shopping spree. I got to get clothes. I got to get hair stuff, skincare stuff, makeup. But I'm not going to feel guilty about this shopping spree because Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Rakuten is the shopping platform for savvy savers. From May 6th to May 13th, they're having their biggest cashback event of the year. I'm talking about 15% cashback at hundreds of stores with additional cashback bonuses. And they've got so many stores participating in their big give week. So when it comes to clothes, I'm looking at Splendid and Good American. And when it comes to beauty, they've got so many good stores participating. They've got Ulta, Fenty, Bobbi Brown, Blue Mercury, and all the products that we love. Now we can get cash back. It's like getting a discount on the stuff you're going to buy anyway. It's absolutely amazing. They even have travel brands, so that's going to be super convenient for me with all my upcoming trips. Expedia, Hotels.com. You can get deals on everything from electronics to home goods to travel and beauty. Young and profiters, you're going to want to grab this limited time deal with both hands. You get high cashback rates for only eight days. So hurry. Membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app at R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Young and profiters, Yap Media is growing so fast. I have 10 open roles just this month. In the past, it would take me so long to find hires. I have to go on all these different job sites. I have to create my own skills assessments. That's why I let Indeed do a lot of this heavy lifting for me. Indeed is the powerful hiring platform where I can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed has things like skills assessments, where when we have specific roles, 
we can find an assessment that matches that role and we can make sure they have the skills that we need. Then I can focus on culture fit. I can make sure they're scrappy enough and are obsessed with excellence and do all the things that we need to do for them to fit in at YAP. And Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools like Instant Match. An Instant Match basically matches you with candidates as soon as you put up a job post with people who are qualified right away. It's instant. And the best part is it gets better as you use it. So now when I use Indeed, especially when I'm hiring for similar roles, I get people right away where they know that I'm going to like the candidates because they can see what my preferences were in the past. It gets better as you use it. According to US Indeed data, the moment Indeed sponsors a job, over 80% of employers get candidates whose resumes are a perfect match for the position. It's like waving a magic wand that gets better as you use it. So I love using Indeed. We've found a lot of our A players on there. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide who count on Indeed to hire their next superstar like we do at Yap Media. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash profiting. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 sponsored job credit at indeed.com slash profiting. Again, that's indeed.com slash profiting and support the show by saying you heard about it on Young and Profiting Podcast. Again, it's indeed.com slash profiting to get your $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Young and Profiters, as you may know, I launched my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass a little bit over a year ago. It was my first course. And so far, I've generated well over $500,000. And the best part is I didn't have to figure out how to set up my mastermind subscriptions, how to do abandoned cart targeting, and all of that tech geeky stuff. I just left that all to Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And if you're in that, I need to sell more with less stage, Shopify Magic is your AI super-powered sidekick ready to whip up captivating content that converts. And it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell anything, anywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to the other options out there. It's no wonder Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., including huge global brands like Allbirds and Thrive Cosmetics. It took me a day to set up my Shopify store. I set up chat, took two minutes, and I was done. One month from thinking of the idea to implementation, a year later, I've made half a million dollars on the idea. That's what it takes in 2024, just a good idea. And then utilizing a platform like Shopify that can help you make it a reality. There is no excuse these days. If you've got a good business idea and you think you'll be a good entrepreneur, you don't have to wait any longer. You don't have to be super techie and you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash profiting. Yeah, I agree. I hope that it's the new generation that's going to change things. That's how it always goes, right? I believe that. So uh, kind of related to this is the fact that you're somebody who always stays calm. Even now you're talking about something that's probably so hurtful and and most people would feel very angry. 
but you have a very calm demeanor about you at all times, it seems like. And, and you have a famous saying, uh, don't get dramatic in the, in the midst of drama, right? So tell us about this phrase and tell us how you keep her cool no matter what's going on. Great observation and great research. And I get interviewed by everybody. You're good. So when I was a kid, I saw a lot of my relatives getting very dramatic. <laughs> like my aunt would get mad because somebody in her family drank too much or this happened or that didn't happen or this took place. And then I went to school and I saw a lot of dramatic people and I started watching them. And I thought, this is not paying off for them. Because I, I said this to you earlier that there's three primary ways people learn. And I gave you two earlier. The, the three primary ways is education. Second is conversation. Third is observation. So I am like a phenomenal observationalist. All my friends go like, Tim Story's the best. I can come in and read a room, see where I should sit who to talk to, who not to talk to. A star, I can meet with them, and one day they're super happy. Three days later, bad mood. I read the mood, so I know what to do. I know what to do, okay? Observation, okay? So this whole thing about don't become dramatic in the midst of the drama. I noticed that being dramatic did not help things, whether people argued or fought with a policeman because he gave him a ticket or got in a terrible mood because of what was happening in the weather. So I decided to play things down, just play them down, just play them down and play them down to a place where I can then say, okay, really, what is my inventory? What am I really dealing with? And become a, a sensible thinker and really make better choices and decisions so thank you for your observation. I'm known for this. In fact, one creative that you would love says this about me. She says, Tim Story walks around life like he has jazz music, cool jazz music playing in his mind. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The good jazz music, not the stuff that goes everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So then do you never make decisions when you're angry? Like, are you very like, you just know how to just take... No matter what it is. No. How about excitement? I uh, and you know I'm I'm passionate. Like people that have seen me speak, yeah, I'll set a whole stage on fire. Yeah, it's like you you just won't go the the negative route. It's like any energy that's that's positive, you'll go. I remember a long time ago, I was dating this actress lady, and still a great friend of mine today. And she laughs at this because she was trying to really get to me. And she goes, if you don't do this, it's over. I am walking out right now and it is over. And she did like this big speech, okay. And then I go, I go, well, we should probably talk about it. She goes, you don't understand. This is not a threat. If you don't do this, that, and the other, it's over. And then I didn't do what she wanted. So she got her purse and she just got up and just kept walking. And I just stood there. And then she came back around the corner a few minutes later. She goes, you're not even going to chase me? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, I feel like... and, then, and then she started laughing. She goes, only you, only you would not chase me. Everybody chases me. I go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. 
This has been such a great conversation. I, this is one of my favorite conversations that I've had in a while. So let's talk about your new book. It comes out March, 2021. You did mention it earlier, The Miracle Mentality. Do you want to describe to us what a miracle mindset is and more so like the fact that as we grow older, we kind of lose this miracle mindset? Tell us about this book in, in a nutshell. Well, I know the book is going to capture people's attention because I've done the speech so many times. And when I do the speech, people go like this, like I could even be like, cause I speak at a lot of like places that are stuffy and they're like life coach to the stars work with this, that, that doesn't get them. They're like this. Okay. But when I talk about the miracle mindset and I say things like this, watch, I was speaking to a group of kids in South Africa And I said to these little kids, they must have been about seven or eight. What do you want to be when you get older? And a little kid said, the president. And a little girl said, a ballerina. And a little little boy said, I want to be like LeBron James. I said, every one of them had a miracle mentality. A miracle is something extraordinary, supernatural, not common, not normal, not the regular. I said, when you're little, you have a miracle mentality. Now, you may not always say it, show it, act like it, but see, most psychologists have found that even if kids do not say it or express it, they still feel it. They feel like something miraculous can still happen. Even if they're being abused or in a bad situation, they're thinking, my mindset will somehow get me out of this mess and this madness. And so in this book, The Miracle Mentality, I'm not trying to get people to get something that they don't have. I'm trying to get people to align with who they really are. See, that's what I did. I, I, I aligned myself with who I am. Yeah. The miracle mentality. I love talking to you. I feel like I can like, you know, run a marathon right now. (laughs) Okay. So the last question I ask all my guests is what is your secret to profiting in life? I think for me, it's cooperating with who I'm supposed to be. That I don't believe in chasing dreams. I believe in cooperating with what life has called me to be. So I believe that whatever your faith is, we've all been spoken over. And so I think that even when I was in my mother's womb, that there was a destiny for me. And I'm just, I'm just lining up with it on a daily basis. I'm lining up. I didn't know that I'd be in 90 airports around the world. That just happened this week. When you walk through the airport, you'll see me on these big screens everywhere that I write every month for American magazine and United Airways magazines. I didn't know that I get to be interviewed by you. So I didn't know all these things. I just knew I needed to line up with who I really am. And that's what we've done. That's amazing. And where can our listeners go to learn more about you and everything that you do? I think the best way is still the old-fashioned way, just timstory.com, and you'll put all that there because story is spelled S-T-O-R-E-Y. I'm special, so they put an E in there. So Tim Story, uh, timstory.com, it shows all the things we do. I love it. Thank you so much for this powerful conversation. I'm sure everybody who's tuning in is feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to align to their true life purpose. So thank you so much, Tim. 
Thanks for listening to Young and Profiting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Tim Story and that you're feeling extra motivated to rock your 2020. I especially loved when Tim spoke to us about the law of harvest and how you need to be in the moment and work your land, work what's right in front of you and the opportunities you have every single day. I feel like I'm going to take that lesson with me wherever I go for the rest of my life. If you loved this interview with Tim Story and you still want more content to help you get inspired, I would recommend to check out number 31, Get Off Your Ass, Goya with David Meltzer. Here's a clip from that episode. I then gave her a speech about meditation, how that I was in complete control of my life and I had grown up with nothing and I had a Ferrari, a Porsche, a big home and motorhome and boat and anything I wanted I could buy and that money bought happiness and that why would I meditate because everybody that meditated that I knew was sick, broke, living on their mom's couch and high mm-hmm. and I I made things happen. Well, she explained to me at that time this quantum moment of my life. She explained to me that through meditation, she could teach me to raise my awareness and my vibration. And she taught me that I could only be aware of that which vibrated equal to or less than me and that everything vibrated, the earth, the plants, the animals, sound, light, thought. And then she rocked my world. She asked me what thought vibrated the fastest and she told me the truth. The truth vibrates the fastest, David, and I can teach you to pursue the truth, pursue your potential. I can teach you to be aware of all the great truths of the universe, and you now can manifest everything that you desire. You can put faith into what you want, and all of it can be yours. That David Meltzer and Tim story really get you in the mood to just crush everything in sight. Again, if you want more content to help you get motivated and inspired, go back and check out number 31, Get Off Your Ass with David Meltzer. And if you're a new listener to Young and Profiting Podcast, please take a few minutes to subscribe to Yap and drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's a free and effective way to support the show. This week, I'm going to shout out a review from Chris Groon and M. Ponzi. The first review from Chris goes like this. Side hustle episode is a must. I loved the episode about having a side hustle. I agree. You must have multiple revenue streams in case something goes wrong. Do something you love. And once it gets big enough, then go all in. That's how I started my business. Awesome. I'm so glad, Chris, that you loved the side hustle episode. It was really fun to make. Go check out Yap Snacks, How to Start a Side Hustle. I recorded it maybe a few episodes back. It's, it's a really good episode. The next review is from M. Ponzi. Relevant content, personable host, great guests. Young and Profiting is one of those uncovered gems out there. It's already got a pretty big following, but I'm surprised it's not on the Apple Top 10. Every episode, Hala has such relevant content and actionable insights. I look forward to it every single Monday morning for the fact that I can listen to a new episode during my lunch break. Simply fantastic. Awesome. I'm so happy that you listen every single Monday. That's a true dedicated Yap fan. Thank you so much, M. Ponzi. And thanks everyone for your awesome reviews. We've been getting an influx of reviews lately. And if you're out there listening and you found value in today's show, please also take a few moments to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or a comment on your favorite podcast platform. 
And I also love seeing posts about Yap on LinkedIn and Instagram. So if you're listening on Spotify, you can just share the podcast right to your Instagram story, which is awesome. Or you could just take a screenshot of whatever podcast app you're listening to and upload it right to your story. Tag me at Yap with Hala. I'll always repost and support those who support us. You can find me on Instagram at Yap with Hala or LinkedIn. Just search for my name. It's Hala Taha. Big thanks to my amazing Yap team. As always, you guys are awesome. This is Hala signing off.